Thanks to Bombas for supporting the morning stream. Bombas makes socks that are comfortable and look great for whenever you need. With a wide variety of options. To get 20% off your first purchase, visit bombas.com slash TMS. Coming up on TMS, the Doomy Decimal System. There are four faces. G-string juice. The disclosure you're about to read is a product of poor QA. Good morning, Patch Adams Awakening. I have no self-control when it comes to beef products. Can't be Australian. No Sheila, no Bruce. The tragically MC Gainey hips. The medicine man gets the 16th streetwalker. Wasn't there a movie about dead poet something? Washing Chinese dong. Scott's back end is a little bitter. Robert Pattinson, old crayon breath. A perfectly symmetrical foot. Also Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Making things with Bill. Jerry Duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. One good thing to warm you up when you're cold is a good hot drink of coffee or, or chocolate. And the other day, last week in fact, they installed a special machine in the guardroom. So, so that the guardsmen could have a hot drink the moment they came off parade, and there it is. I want to be a dive bomber. Will they ever get off this damn island? This is the morning stream. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to TMS, The Morning Stream. It's February 18th. It's 2020. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Scott. There's water right here. Straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Hi, Scott. Hi, Brian. Getting right to the business. Show. We're doing it. Hey, do you remember? You were a big Lost fan. Do you remember when that show ended? What was the year it ended? Uh, let's see. Started in 2004. Did five seasons, five and a half seasons. So 2009, Nine? 2010. Okay. Something so, like that. So yeah. we are 10 years past the finale of that show wow and i still don't understand a damn thing that happened yeah this is all true <laughs> this is uh this is all true uh all right well i uh um, that makes any sense i don't uh i don't know why that feels crazy to me but it just feels like 10 years ago that just feels yeah. like it was less than that it feels like it was like 2014 2013 or something but clearly now i have it wrong it's because so many shows did that whole weird thing right after it that whole like there was the flash forward there was um we just finished watching the first season of emergence which was actually really good emergence emergence this Tell was me. a network tv show okay starring um tolman allison tolman who you really liked in fargo i do like her a lot in fargo she's great uh, she's really good in this but this is kind of one of those things that's like Oh, we've set up a mystery, and every episode maybe answers a question, but asks two or three more. Mm. And uh, when we had, on America's Next Top Podcaster, we had Ptolemy Slocum on as a guest. He was in the middle of of uh, shooting his stuff for Emergence. Oh, now, now, now I remember him mentioning that. That's, yeah. yeah. I, I remember at the time going, oh yeah, Emergence, it sounds like something I would maybe sort of get into it's already done yeah. though right canceled or whatever it's gone i don't know if it's i don't know if it's been canceled the first season ended i don't know if it's been if it's gotten a renewal but uh emergence Emergence. Yeah. i just want to see because for some reason am i thinking of the right show oh here it is 2019 you're right it hasn't been canceled it's still going yeah yep oh i like I that allison will... tolman a lot she's awesome in there she's great yeah Okay. Donald Faison, Clancy Brown. Clancy freaking Brown is in this. Yeah. That guy's in, uh, he was in uh, 
He was in that Spongebob Mandalorian. SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, yeah, but he was in that uh, that Mandalorian episode. He was the big devil dude. And... He was, he was, and I think he has another Star Wars connection. If I'm if I'm correct, um, I'm in the middle of season two of Rebels, mm. and I could swear there's a dude who's got the the voice of Clancy Brown. I'm mm. pretty sure. Well, this, he's providing the voice, of and this Lyle. swings all the way back to what our what I originally talked about was was Lost. He was on season two of Lost, so oh, he was yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, he was the he's the one that left the hatch and left what's his name there to deal with stuff, right? Wasn't that the deal? No, he was. You know, he was. Um, he was somebody else in Lost. He was uh, the guy who left Desmond in the hatch was. I thought that was him. Oh, was that Clancy Brown? I thought that it was, was Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown was definitely... No, I thought Clancy Brown was... Um... Oh, I could have sworn that, that, that Desmond was just like hanging around in the hatch waiting for Clancy Brown to come back or something like that. Do I not have I thought that it was, right? I thought there was another guy who played Inman. No, you're right. It was Inman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was it, is that his uh, name? Is Inman? Inman. Hold on a second. Inman... Yeah, he was Kelvin Inman, it says. Kelvin Inman. And he was, oh, it was only two episodes. I thought it was more than that. But. Live Together, Die Alone, and One of Them. Those are the two episodes he was in. Um, Let's see. Live Together, Die Alone. After discovering a sailboat offshore, uh, Desmond, Jack, and Saeed come up with a plan to confront the others. Uh, okay, that's not really helpful. No, he... Okay, good. This, this is what I was remembering. He's the guy who... Uh, who works with Saeed um, mm-hmm. when Saeed's doing the interviews um, and, and finds the woman that he's obsessed with. Oh, Desmond, the guy that was in the hatch with Desmond, was another actor that I'm trying to remember. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, uh, um, uh, no, no, I know this. Yes. The guy with the yes. weird, huge hips. Yes, right. Uh, he was he was uh, um, he was on season one of Justified. He played Crowder's dad. He was dad Crowder and he died mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. His name is William F. Ganey. Ganey, yes. Ganey. Is it William it is F. or some son of Ganey last name? Uh, it is Ganey. Yep, you're right. I have conflated those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done it. I finally did what it. What is the guy's name? <laughs> is, is it is it William F. Ganey? The, uh, the, last, the last name Ganey is absolutely right. It's M.C. Ganey. There it is. M.C. Ganey. Yes. Yeah, he's he's a rapper. He's a famous rapper, M.C. Ganey. Uh, <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, he was in Con Air yeah. and Wild Hogs and everything. He's in. Yeah. Okay, that guy's great. I love that guy. Michael Connor Ganey. Yep. He's cool. yo M.C. Ganey. Is he around still? Yep, he's still with us. Those hips haven't taken him down yet. <laughs> that's really funny. His hips. I've never even thought about M.C. Ganey's hips. He's but... got insane hips. If you go, now just watch him and anything. Now we've given people a uh, really good uh, uh, band name that somebody needs to use. MC Ganey's hips. Yeah, MC Ganey's hips. Don't don't wear them out or something. But they are they're beastly. Those hips. And TVZ Gun confirms that yes, Clancy Brown uh, did do uh, Montross. Uh, no, writer writer Azadi in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, okay. See, we got all this stuff has come around again. Mm-hmm. And I watched. Yeah, little... wears a really silly big hat. Although in this photo, he's not wearing a really silly big hat. I watched a little bit of uh, SpongeBob over over the weekend, and so it's all everything we're talking about has come full circle. This is fantastic. Wow, totally has. Jeez, yeah. are you going to go see that new movie? Uh, yeah, I think, movie? I think Carter and I would go because they're my kids are like diehard SpongeBob mm-hmm. fans. But they're okay. This is what this this generation of kids will tell you. SpongeBob was only good. Until the end of its third season. That's what they'll tell you. Because it was the fourth season that the creator took off. 
and it was up to other people to make it work, and that they mm-hmm. just were never great on the TV show ever again. However, the movies are good because he would come back and work on those, although he died a couple of years ago or a year ago, whatever it was. So I don't know if he has anything to do with this new one or not. But, gotcha. but, uh, but the movies but were season good. Season three is when SpongeBob swam under the shark. Yeah, or, or the be- I guess the beginning of season four, because technically three is great all the way through. But they will, they will tell you okay. that from like 99 through 2002 or three, whatever it was, those seasons are the golden years. And everything since then, and it still runs today, is just garbage. Like, like not even like where people complain about The Simpsons, because I actually think The Simpsons is maybe a little uneven, but I think they're making really great work right now. They're very funny right now. Whereas SpongeBob just kind of like dropped off on that fourth season and then just was poo from then on. So that's what they say. I'm not saying it's true. I don't, it's an unverifiable thing for me. I don't know. All I know is my kids who were raised on SpongeBob. Yeah. They were like raised on SpongeBob. They just don't think anything past season three is worth a hoot, Uh, except the film. So we're going to go see the film, judge it on its own merits. Um, But they love like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he plays a bush. Got, He's a bush in there, a sage. I yes, say. a sage, and apparently uh, it's got their own version of uh, Atlantic City or Vegas or something in there. So yeah, they call it the Lost City of Atlantic City. That's what, it is. which is pretty great. <laughs> uh, and also, I, so I was asked. This is so funny. You brought this up. So on the weekend, I was asking Carter. I said, "All right, let's get this straight. SpongeBob, the first movie, was all hand animated, just like normal animation. Hmm. The second one, where they were kind of superheroes, it was mm-hmm. hand animated to a point, and then they all got." powers and it became a 3d animated 3d thing. cgi kind of stuff okay and i never now, saw the second one and now the new one is 100 percent top to bottom 3d cgi mm-hmm. but it has a quality to it that's almost like almost like cell shading kind of to yeah, make it look like almost like that or almost like stop motiony weirdly it's mm-hmm. weird yeah stop motion that's that's a better a better i don't know if it's just the frame rate you know it's got kind of that lower mm-hmm. frame rate or something like kind of like they did in spider-verse it's hard to explain but it is anyway. really funny that um, so before the live action or the uh, the animated shorts, mm-hmm. they showed a bunch of animated movie trailers, and it's funny. It, what was funny about it is that you know the animated shorts for the Oscars this year were like uh, cancer, terminal illness, uh, animal abuse, uh, <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> Alzheimer's. But before it, you get trolls and Scooby Doo the movie and SpongeBob, and and the thing about the um the, those two SpongeBob and Scooby Doo. They basically have the same scene in the trailer where the main character meets their sidekick for the first time. And, you know, SpongeBob meets Gary and uh, Shaggy meets Scooby for the first time. Oh, weird. In those, in those trailers. Oh, wow. They're, they're, they're really tugging at our. Uh... Uh, maybe we don't need that anymore. I mean, maybe I mean, we don't need no. the prequels where. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know how. Uh, the Blue Falcon met Dino Mutt. Thanks. Yeah, I kind of don't. I really don't need to know. You yeah. Tell me a story that's new, unless it has some, you know, it's like telling me how Batman lost his parents again. I don't care how Bruce Wayne's parents died. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. I'm done with that. Boy, that's the real yeah. test. When this Max Reeves movie comes out, and I'm stoked about it, by the way, because forget about, you know, casting or whatever. A lot mm-hmm. of people have trouble with what's his name being Batman. Pattinson, but sure. I don't personally. I don't care. It doesn't matter who's Batman to me. Um, what matters to me is overall tone and structure and how they treat the the, the world and all that Gotham and, and that matters more to me. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt Reeves is really great. And I think he, I say Max Reeves before I meant Matt. Matt Reeves is very good and uh, killed it with those like uh, 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 monkey movies. What were those called? Planet of the Apes movies. Those were amazing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think so. I think he, I have all these high hopes for it. Mm-hmm. But here's the big litmus test. 
Do yeah. you do you force down our throats an early scene where we have to deal with his parents getting shot in the ha- in the freaking alleyway again? <laughs> right. And the yes. answer is don't do that. Is uh, don't do that anymore. We got it. We know. We know how it works. We don't need it. You know, like Spider Man. What's great about the the little um, uh, the new dude? What's his name? Yeah, Tom Holland. Tom we, Holland. We I never saw. Apparently, never saw his uh, Uncle Ben no. die. We heard about it. No, they we just jumped right see. in, and we didn't even need to see him get bitten by a freaking spider again. Just right. go, just get in, go, run, run with it. So if you you haven't seen Joker yet, I still haven't seen Phillips. Joker. No, okay. okay, I need to, but I haven't. Yet. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, movie opens with uh, the Joker's parents dying in an alley outside a movie theater. <laughs> shut up! City. They do not shut up. <laughs> oh man, that would piss me off if I ended up. Watching that. <laughs> I mean, they still already. I mean, they retcon the hell out of that uh, Michael Keaton one by having the Joker be the one that fired the gun. Who let that happen? Who? Who? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, geez. It's like all, like all of a sudden making Doc Ock the guy who kills Uncle Ben in the. Uh... Yes. Like, how do you make <laughs> that connection? Need, everything doesn't need to be uh, connected, right? We don't need to like have, um, uh, like every every bad thing that happens to somebody in their life be the cause of one evil dude. <laughs> yeah, I find that to be really bo- mind-bogglingly poor, lazy writing. And, I, and it is. It's bugged me even it when is. I was even when I was younger, and I was seeing that movie and going, "Oh, cool! An actual cool Batman movie." And it was. It was cool in a lot of ways. But that one thing made me just go, "Really? Oh my god!" And that's a a reminder. Ah, that's right. Spider Man Three. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church, a Sandman, is the guy who shot Ben. Oh, they did it. I'd forgotten about that that hot garbage. They, oh, see, they did it again. Yes. Three is oh. see, three's not just bad for the emo dance, it's other things three too. Is, three is hurra- I've forgotten about that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, three, we need to do Spider Man three for film sex, by the way. We do. I haven't seen it since we saw it in theaters in twenty oh seven. That's part of a nerdtacular. <laughs> yeah, it was the right? first nerdtacular mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. It's the and only one I, the only nerdtacular I've never made it made it to. Thank me, you, Dice to me for reminding me of that garbage. Yeah, let me tell you, you didn't miss much that movie. Well, you've seen it. It sucked. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. It's a bad film, and I think enough time has passed where I could watch it again. So I yeah. think so. Let's get yeah. it on the list. That'd be no problem. Oof. All right. Uh, hey, <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, pop culture stuff, I have to at least share this yeah. with you. Share um, it with me. All right. So this is this is pretty crazy. Way, real quick, yeah. Spider Man Three is on Netflix. Oh no way! Yeah, I think we I think we shoehorn this puppy in. Yeah, because that's still that's still not a Disney thing, so it's never going to be on Plus, right? Probably not. Right. Um. I'm, I'm, uh I'm moving Catwoman. <laughs> okay, you move Catwoman. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, what do you think? Before we we, uh, I'm going to put it before Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Okay, I'm fine with that. Where's uh? Stick. It oh in there. wow. Okay. Oh wow. We've got a lot coming up. So we, we're doing Inception this week, then Dracula 3000, Patriot Games, Clash of the Titans, Goldeneye, The Evil Dead, The Ring, The Tuxedo. Hold I'm on. Put it. Who put Patriot Games in there? Take that out who of there. You, who do you think? I know who did. This? Delete gonna, that gonna, shit. Replace it with Spider-Man Three. Yeah, replace it. This he had. This, that's somebody trying to sneak in the. the that's like somebody trying to sneak in uh, expenditures on the monthly budget of the company and doesn't mention what they are. Randy, what's your per diem? Yeah, what are you doing? What's all these office supplies? Oh well, I, I just, don't know. Uh, Patriot Games is a. Uh, um, we did that other Jack Ryan one with uh, Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that I. It's just Patriot Games is kind of boring. Like it's just a, mm-hmm. it's just an action movie from the '90s that's arguably doesn't hold up and is okay but not great. Like the it's, morning uh, stream. Shit. 
why not play? <laughs> yeah, because I don't ever. I love you, Randy, but I don't ever remember discussing Patriot games. We haven't talked about Patriot list. games. We absolutely have not talked about a Patriot games. <laughs> this is a joint group effort. We have to decide on these movies together. That's how it works. Uh, All right, snick it, snick uh, it in there. Snick it, sneak it is what I'm saying. I just, I just snuck it in there. Uh, Bagheera says, "Coverville, please do mazes and monsters, dude." I, that was the, one of the first things I remember Tom Hanks in besides uh, Bosom Buddies. Mm. And all I remember is him, you know, he gets so involved in Dungeons and Dragons, or in this case, Maze and Monsters, that he's on a payphone going, ah, there's blood on my knife. No. Ah. <laughs> wait, isn't, so wait, the thing was uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of ripoff. It was a, yeah, it was a made-for-TV movie called uh, Mazes and Monsters. And is Mazes and Monsters an actual thing, or was that them avoiding nope. the Dungeons and Dragons? It was them avoiding uh, TSR's lawsuits. Got it. <laughs> Before it was way before Wizards of the Coast. Okay, interesting. Oh, was it before? Yeah. It was before they had a. Was this absolutely? Pr- this, this was, was pre like Dungeons and 19... Dragons. No, it was it was it was uh, after Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, but it was okay. TSR before it was Wizards of the Coast. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. We'd have to yeah, dig up dig up the corpse of Gary Gygax and ask him. <laughs> he go well. Let me tell you, the history there is pretty interesting. Uh, Nineteen eighty two, Mazes and Monsters came out. That was my Gygax impression. That's streaming. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. See, we, <laughs> no reason that shouldn't go in. I mean, I realize what we're doing right now is exactly what we're saying he can't do, but <laughs> at least at least there's two of us discussing it. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of us talking about That's it. That's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. There's two of us talking about it. That's enough for a cabal, right? And we All can... right. So let's see here. Uh, we keep Chud. We keep Legion. We keep Terminator Three. I don't. Did we talk about Wyatt Earp? Uh, we talked about uh, ridding the list of Wyatt multiple times. Is it still on that list? <laughs> still on the list. No, we I'm replacing uh, it with mazes. And- <laughs> yeah, I already put a flag in the ground on that one. We're not watching that. There's, I, you know what? I, it's a fine. It's an okay western, but it's a four-hour slow western that no one wants to see right now. It's not going to yeah. fit. It's not film sack. It's I, just not. I saw uh, Mazes and or not Mazes. I, I saw Wyatt Earp in the theaters. We had a special advanced preview screening because this was back when I was reviewing movies legitimately <laughs> sort of reviewing movies legitimately right oh god i should tell you that story so there was a all right so so really quickly there was a news a newsletter thing that was um here in denver called the 16th street walker okay and it was for people like who walked up and down the 16th street mall and you know uh, tourists and visitors and so wait denver it's people. not the 16th street yeah. street walker <laughs> yeah that's the that's the thing okay i just like the morning stream isn't based on P. Yeah. The 16th Street Walker wasn't based on prostitution, but boy, it sure could have been. <laughs> sure. I, I would have heard that name and said, oh, Street Walker. Got it. So so uh, the guy who, the editor-in-chief, uh, asked me to do movie reviews for it. Um, I'd known him through some freelance client. He knew I, I we went and saw a lot of movies. So he asked if I would do movie reviews. And so he actually hooked me up with all these legitimate movie review or movie preview um uh, advanced screening agencies, the ones who talk to the uh, studios and say, "Okay, we need we you know we need a special preview screening of this movie or that movie, so that the reviewers can review it and get the article in the paper before right. the day the movie comes out." Right. And uh, so, uh, Wyatt Earp was one of them. I saw a very early advanced screening of that before they'd even finished some of the scenes because there were big sections that said "scene coming, <laughs> scene coming here" or something like that, where they were they were, right. were going to be replacing with a with a, a better copy of the scene right medicine man with sean connery uh came out 
You ever lose your car and, keys? <laughs> exactly. I knew this was coming. Yeah. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, I was out of town and I couldn't see the preview. And it was the only movie coming out that week that would get into the, the 16th Street Walker. Okay. <laughs> so I told I told the, the editor-in-chief, I can't even remember the guy's name, told the editor-in-chief, I said, I'm not going to be able to see Medicine Man. He says, well, they sent you a description with a movie, right? They sent you the plot. Mm-hmm. Just write something. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a review for um, a movie amazing. that I never saw. I wrote and published a review of a movie that I never saw. I want to read. <laughs> do you have that somewhere? Is that a thing? I don't know if I do. That is so, it is so old. And uh, I, love uh, that, I mean, that dude. was like, I love it. Whenever that movie came out, right? I mean, Medicine Man. That was 94 or 3, 4. Uh, came out of the same year as Tombstone, and Tombstone was a better Western. About Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my thinking at the time. And we've done two. Well, Medicine Man wasn't about Wyatt Earp. No, no, no. no. Medicine about... Man wasn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of, I'm still thinking of uh, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, Wyatt Earp. So yeah. Medicine uh-huh. Man would have been, I'm going to guess. Let me guess and we'll see if I'm right. Okay. Medicine yeah. Man was 1996. 1992. Ah, crap. That surprises me. I thought it was later. John McTiernan, director of Die Hard, has turned in a great, <laughs> another ter- terrific performance from. <laughs> wow, you could you could kind of write itself, right? It's not too hard to kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, they send you so much material and printed interviews uh, with the um, uh, with the actors about you know the role, and then you got all these glossy black and white photos to put in the paper and. My memory of that yeah. movie is that um, he went to the South America somewhere in the jungle, maybe the Amazon, and he's mm-hmm. digging around and he found like some poo and like fingered it and it came up with like, oh, look, <laughs> look, it's the cure to cancer on my finger or something. And then he <laughs> lost it because that was the whole car keys thing. And yes, like, Lorraine right. Bracco came down there to like see what's up. And man, I should do one of these animated like I think I remember. This would be things. a great one for this. For me... I, I get um, Medicine Man and Mosquito Coast confused because if you would ask me, I said, oh, yeah, like River Phoenix was was uh, Sean Connery's kid. And uh, <laughs> I totally conflate. Yeah. Conflate? Is that the right? Yeah, conflate, conflate those conflate two movies. the right word. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, no. I met, and Medicine Man. I, it's got I, the other uh, Indiana Jones in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, right. It's got the, the two other Joneses. Dr. Jones. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. That's a right. that's a Ridley Scott movie, which always blows my mind. He made that medicine. They're not medicine. That man, came the other out nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that's an old one. Peter nice Weir. Peter Weir. Peter Weir. Oh yeah, I thought that was. Uh... Oh, I'm confused. It again. I'm conflating with something else. <laughs> it's not. It's not him. It's not who I thought it was. Mosquito Coast was Peter Weir. Peter Weir makes good movies. He also he made. Uh, he made. Um, time four thirty. Time for milking. Um, oh. Uh... Fart, or, uh, um, Missed, uh, uh, witness, witness, on book, witness, yes. witness, yeah. And then he did, um, uh, green uh, card, yep. And the man, or the, the the one with the uh, master and commander deal, oh, yeah, was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far side of, yeah, the, the um, Russell Crowe, yeah. He did the Robin Williams stand, stand on the desk movie, can't think of it. <laughs> the Dead Poets Society, Dead Poets Society. <laughs> <laughs> Patch Adams Awakenings? Is that what that one's called? <laughs> Good morning, Patch Adams Awakenings. 
you know, the stand on the death movie. <laughs> Good morning, Patch Adams Awakening. Indeed. All right. What was I going to... Oh, this whole thing I was going to tell you about. All right. Yeah, I know. So these... <laughs> Sorry, so, no, no, no. It's totally fine. These are all good topics. So I, uh, I'm i going to put in the chat... Or not the chat. The Discord a copy of a thing I'm going to read. Okay. I've been watching a lot, as you know, watching a lot of old cartoons from the 40s and yeah. 50s. Really getting into it for some reason. I'm just kind of like absorbing it. And I don't know why. Part of it is because it was such a huge part of my childhood, seeing these reruns on the weekends and stuff. I just... It informs so much about how I would draw and even how I draw now and my sense of humor, all of it kind of sure. has its all roots. Tex Avery and uh, yeah, Chuck Jones, all those guys. Chuck amazing. Jones, right. Tex Avery and Chuck Jones were my freaking heroes at the time. They would be two of the faces on your Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. They might occupy the same rough space. Like I put their heads kind of together there. Tom Hardy. <laughs> I'm not putting Tom Hardy up there, but I might, put Mount George, Mount I might put George Miller George up Miller. there. Yeah. Put George Miller right. up there. Uh, who and else? Uh, who else? Oh, Mort Drucker. Mort. You got to put Mort Drucker oh, up there. Oh, Mort Drucker from Mad, Mad Magazine, yeah, sure. He's up yeah. there. Uh, it's got to be one more. Hold oh, on. It's only four faces. Only four faces. What else would it be? How many are there? Five faces total? Four faces on Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's all you get? Yeah, that's all you get. <laughs> it's all right. It's the day after President's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing that's not required to know. All right. So, anyway, I'm watching a lot of these. And some of the compilations, like the official ones you get on, like, you know, prime or something they have these they have this thing that they run before the cartoons and it says this i'm gonna read it to you the cartoons you're about to see are products of their time they may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were more commonplace in american society these depictions were wrong then and they are wrong today while these cartoons do not represent today's society they are being represented or presented rather as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed Okay, now I like this a lot, yeah. a lot, but because uh-huh. basically it's what they're saying is... that word in the second to last sentence? Yeah, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. I, I like this for lots of reasons. Number one, I like that, you know, putting, dusting or um, brushing sure. something under the rug just hides the thing that happened, and you just shouldn't do this, that. This should allow people to finally see Song of the South instead of just thinking it's a riot at Disneyland. I, I agree, like although Disney's always been slow to adopt this sort of stuff, but... Yeah, sure. Um... But yeah, I like this. I like this in general. But at the end of this thing, like you said, second to last sentence or last sentence, I guess. Second to last line, yeah. It says, it doesn't actually say the same. It says, because to do otherwise would be that same as as claiming these prejudices (laughs) never existed. So there's a typo in this thing from the to that. And that meant it went out on, how I don't know how many hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of DVDs. And now I had this thought... (laughs) Now they can't change this. They have to have another statement that says... The disclaimer you're about to see is a product of poor uh, quality assurance. Yeah, poor typo (laughs) management and editing. To to remove it would be uh, claiming this mistake never existed. (laughs) Exactly. And if that line has a glitch glitch in it, then they'll have to do it again. Boy, the snake eating its own... Like, Inception, cartoon style. Yeah, I loved this, though, when I ran into it. I was I was a little annoyed at first. I'm like, this is a very important statement you're making. Totally. And somebody didn't proofread it? I know. Especially that last sentence. That last sentence is everything. It's the most it totally important is. part of this message. It is. I guess it's not... The whole thing's one sentence. Oh, no, there's two sentences. Sorry. But the last piece of that last sentence should be the most important thing you focus on, and you get that and the mixed up? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. the... What the frick? What are you wow. doing? All right. It's like Frontier sending out an email that says Precedence Day instead of President's Day. Yeah, another good one. 
Do you trust them to fly your plane straight and not slam it into uh, the side of a building? I don't even trust them as a credit card company masquerading as a fly, uh, uh, an airline. There you go. Well, I know no other way to celebrate this weirdness than to eat a fava nut, whatever that is. Sure. So, Brian. Nuts about fava nuts. I'm going to play this. I like to eat. We're going to eat a uh, thing. Did you finish all your jerky from yesterday, by the way? I did. I loved it. <laughs> it was so good. It's, I had it's to. good, but I still have half a bag left. Yeah, Booyah. I ate it all. I eat it all. I can't. I've, I've no control when it comes to beef products. The following five nuts you're about to consume are brought, brought to, to you by Rightgo. Interruption. These are Antonio's fava nuts. Ingredients are favas, salt, and oil. I don't know what a Big, fava is. Never heard of it. Well, fava beans. I'm guessing these are just dried. Like that, basically, they're probably fava beans that have been oh. salted and oiled and dried so that they're healthier for you than than nuts okay no, that's they're like cool. to simulate eating nuts all right so these are legumes and not nuts yeah uh and and sorry you were giving oh, credit right. to our, our our benefactor oh mike savaria from uh westport mass mm -hmm. uh, big thanks again for sending this out to us i can't believe i've never had a fava nut i know oh, i also can't believe how hard this is to open i'm i'd use scissors I'm also impressed that Christopher Guest didn't list this as one of the kinds of nuts in Best in Show. Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> Even that. went so far as to describe the two different kinds of pistachio nuts. Mm, by the way, <laughs> that reminds me, because uh, Will Sasso's in that movie just briefly at the beginning. Yeah. Um, if you want to read just like the sweetest tribute to one's father who just passed away, go read Will Sasso's Instagram, uh, recent Instagram about his dad passing away. Um, and that guy never says anything seriously, but in this one case he did. And man, that was the nicest tribute to his dad. It was just the sweetest Aww. thing. Yeah. You guys should go read it. All right. I'm going to try a fava right. nut now. Here goes. Putting it in. They have the mm. consistency of dried bananas. Mm-hmm. But not the sweetness. No. Well, and on the back... Actually, that's not bad. Yeah, on the back end, they get real... Uh, I don't know what to compare this to. It's not hmm. like a nut. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, it yeah. is like a... God, there is something very specific that when we... Uh, when you eat it... Yeah. It has this kind of finish to it. Like um, like a baked Lay's or something like that. No. What is that? Oh, yeah. I'm not, not a big fan of the aftertaste. Yeah, it's a little bitter on the back end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they used to say to me when I would wrestle people in high school. <laughs> if you got into that uh, mm -hmm. that difficult position, uh, yep. Ooh, Scott's a little bitter on the back yeah, end. A <laughs> little bitter, little bitter on the back end. Got to watch out for him. Uh, they're they're all right. I think they get a little weird on the on the on the end though. It's a odd yeah. taste. It yeah. also looks like they haven't updated any of their packaging since 1963. Yeah. Or this package is from 1963. Well, this package, mine says it's a it's more of an embroidery or like a what's the word i'm looking for what do you call it when you have a thing on a photo it's called a what's that called watermark it's like a watermark oh really and it says best buy 9 16 20 oh yes right like the yeah i have the same thing and i wish like it was printed like embossed in the plastic embossed is the word i was looking for yes couldn't think of the damn word embossed in a uh, lovely satin finish with, yeah uh-huh uh it's beautiful <laughs> Yeah, but they are that packaging does look like somebody's setting their ways. Let's put it that way. Yes, exactly. We've never changed our packaging and we're not 
gonna do it today. Never will. All right, time for this. Hi, breaking news. <laughs> oh, sorry, you were saying something. No, no, that's all right. I was just gonna make another joke and. Well, look, there's always room. It was bitter, it was, it was bitter on the back end. Oh, uh, <laughs> always room for more jokes. I thought, hey, uh, thought look, about the joke and I decided it was bitter on the back end. Fair enough. Hey, look, you guys, check it out. It's the news. It's full, fully in view here, and it's brought to you by... Hey, Frog Pants Crew slash Tadpool slash Family. A good friend of mine has just launched his short film online. He's won a few awards for it back home here in Australia, and I'd love to help him get some worldwide attention. The Snip gets to the meat and potatoes, a family pressure to have kids, and one man's unique solution to overcome the problem once and for all. Gosh, wonder how he does it with a title called The Snip. The Snip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, starring a renowned cast of Australian actors, including Drew Livingston, Sophie Bloom, Aaron Jeffrey, and Wendy Strelo. This film promises laughs for breeders and non-breeders alike. Go to benmizzy.com that's b-e-n-m-i-z-z-i.com slash the dash snip to check out this short australian comedy yeah i bet he i bet he just gets a vasectomy there in this in the story I, right? spoiler oh sorry <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to sh- uh, shock you or anything also all those names you said were they sounded australian as hell when you hear absolutely that accent, they gotcha. did yes sophie bloom bloom there was no Bruce, though. No. Nope. Bruce Livingston. Yeah. Bruce Bloom. Bruce Jeffrey and Bruce Strelo. I feel like the Bruce myth. And Shayla. The, Shayla Strelo. Yeah, there's no Sheilas or Bruces. I feel like it's a myth. <laughs> I feel like we've been told something that isn't true. That's right. Exactly. About Australian society. I love Bruce. Well, speaking of films, uh, an Did adult I? film sat the shot at the Santa Monica Public Library. <laughs> during business hours oh fantastic uh sparked an outrage that's a shock um this is a porn stunt How apparently are you gonna pay for these overdue books <laughs> i don't have any money <laughs> yeah i know ma'am your fine is like four dollars <laughs> i don't have my wallet with me well I, I can't let you leave here without somehow paying for these books yeah Paying the fine. How do you want to pay for a, these? Do you have one of those rooms that people can rent by the hour here <laughs> that for conferences? You know, here at the library. And does it have blinds? <laughs> and a comfortable table? This is already a better <laughs> It's a better story than whatever they were actually shooting for, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it says here, the stunt, uh, apparently done to get clicks, is provoking outrage after news surfaced that an adult film is being shot inside the local library. Video is more than 10 minutes long and was shot on Santa Monica City streets and then inside the, pop- more than the public 10 library. 10 minutes? Who is this Superman? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the uh, video shows a woman exposing herself outside Santa Monica streets and even uh, outside John Muir Elementary, then oh, carrying geez. out sex acts inside the library. Not carrying a sex axe. <laughs> sex acts. Yeah, carrying out sex acts. Um, <laughs> quote, God forbid a child walk into the library and walk right into the middle of it. That's my biggest concern, says Janet McLaughlin. Of course, her name is Janet. Uh, Children don't need to be exposed to this. If you want to do porn, stick to the hotels, she says. That sounds like a thing she just assumes happens and isn't actually true. That's right. If you want to do porn, stick to the hotels. Stick to the hotels and the streets How and the rivers and the lakes. How could she live that close to the San Fernando Valley and yeah. think that it's all done in hotels? <laughs> right. Right. I don't, I don't know if I buy her stance. I think she may be full of it. 
Uh, it says here, she was so disgusted after another concerned parent sent her a link to, uh, of the movie that she took to social media to get the city's oh. attention. So this thing actually even got released oh, yeah. before. Wow. So it happened. So that's the thing. They didn't catch him doing it. It got released, and then everybody's like, wait a minute, that's our library. And then they then they freaked out, which I think gotcha. is funny because you'd have to watch it to know your library's in it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody sent her a link. So whoever started this chain says, Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's definitely the Santa Monica Public Library. I could keep this information to myself, yeah. or I could divulge the fact that I watch porn that's filmed at the Santa Monica Public Library. Yeah. Instead, she went straight to outrage, so it made it sound like there's no. It's just too urgent. You can't stop and think about how she saw it. You have to just get yeah. right to the to the outrage. Although, although yeah, you know, uh, sent me a link. That's, mm. That is a good excuse. Oh, hey, hon, no, I wasn't watching porn. Somebody just sent me a link yeah. and I was checking it out. I couldn't believe I just got this email and there was a link there. That's yeah, on, I, I clicked know, I, it and uh, it took me a few minutes to figure out what was going on. Yeah. But That's... the Dewey Decimal System has never been so Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The Dewey Decimal System. Wow. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sheila McIntyre stars in the Doomy Decimal System, filmed on location at the Santa Monica Public Library. Why are they Australian again, though? What, I don't know. I don't know. Just uh, go with it. All right. We're going with it. Because her, her name is Sheila. The uh, clip, or in the clip, the woman in the video walks into the library, apparently doing business hour, during business hours, and shoots the video while talking about not getting caught. Uh, okay. McLaughlin said, city leaders are now aware. Quote, they say it is a misdemeanor unless they witness it themselves. There is nothing they can do about it, she says. Uh, the video was uploaded to a porn site that pays per click. I didn't know that was a thing. So. There you go. Yeah. Amateur and porn. now how many tadpoolers uh, just gave them money <laughs> by Googling it? <laughs> well, I hope none well, of Well, I want to see this taking place during normal business hours at the Santa Monica Public Library. Yeah, I hope none of you went out and did that. Yes. Or maybe I hope one of you did. All right. Uh, hey, look at this here. This here news. Oh, we were just talking about him. Robert Pattinson. He's uh, famous sure. for the uh, the going to be the Batman the and Twilight movies. Yeah, and, all that yep. stuff. He was in the Lighthouse, which by all accounts is a really really good movie. Yeah, still looks like a foot in your opinion. You think? Still looks like well, still looks like a foot in Nora Peralta's opinion. That's that wasn't that wasn't me originally. Oh, but I, right. But I echo. Right. I echo her concern. Right. And that was... Robert she was, Pattinson has a face like a foot. And she was saying that back in the Twilight days, I think, is when mm-hmm. we were hearing mm-hmm. that. Back in the Twilight days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, Robert Pattinson says he smells like a crayon. I love this story. <laughs> I just love that headline. It's a really great headline. And unfortunately, the headline is about the best part of it because the rest of it is kind of weird. But anyway, he says in an interview with Allure magazine on Saturday, the 33-year-old Twilight alumni and star of the upcoming film, The Batman, describes the colorful way he smells. Quote, lots of people tell me I smell like a crayon, he says. Uh, when he was asked, I like you're made of wax, he says, yes, he replied, like I'm embalmed. The bad news is it's burnt umber. Yeah, it's always burnt umber, isn't it? It's the worst color. Or burnt sienna. It may as well be a poop. Uh, Pattinson was recently described as the most handsome man in the world, according to science. All right. What? Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah, he's got like a perfectly symmetrical face. It's like how Elizabeth Hurley yeah. in the 90s, they figured out that she's got the perfect, um, that 60-30-10 uh, oh. perfect pr- uh, proportions to, right. the, to the face. Right. 
I have heard of that, but I didn't know he was one of, one of them, or he had been pointed out as somebody who has the perfect symmetry in his face. That's interesting. I sting. And is it a perfectly symmetrical foot? Then <laughs> we should ask. Nora. <laughs> it's a perfectly symmetrical foot. Yeah. yeah, he may not have a great face, but his face is a perfectly symmetrical foot. Yep. <laughs> Don't let Tarantino know, or we're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, that one guy that emails me and gets mad every time I bring up Tarantino's foot fetish. There's another one for you. Enjoy. All right. Uh, it says here Pattinson was recently. Oh no, no, no. Okay. It says um, he was also asked in this interview, "What's it? What is it like to be uh, superlatively hot?" He says, it's weird, he said. I was never really up for the good-looking guy roles because I've always been quite awkward when meeting people. My Harry Potter role is about a good-looking guy, and it was a shock that it was quite easy to get. And then in Twilight, Edward is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. When I turned up for the audition, I had done a job where I dyed my hair black and had an inch and a half of black roots. And I had waxed my body. Oh, there's the crayon. There's the crayon. You waxed your body. Uh, and then I had a few months where I'd been drinking beer all day, so I had this hairless, chubby body. I'd look like a baby with a wig on. After I did Twilight, my friend said, oh, you're posing all of the time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just, or I'm just standing. I'm just standing. Standing like it ever did. It says, and none of you thought I was good looking two years ago. So he's. He you know what he sounds like a guy who's like he's getting it together. He's got the he's got a good perspective on what his career is and who he's perceived as, and it's fine. It's right. fine. So the so it's called the golden ratio. Yeah. Um and uh there's an interesting um I'm gonna give you a link to look at this. Okay. All right. And they they actually take a woman's face. Uh-huh. And apply the golden ratio to it, like uh, the Marquat beauty mask, and turn it into fitting those proportions. Um, it's really interesting. Okay, uh, I'm looking here. Um, now scroll down till you see the three photos of the blonde woman next to each other. Although that that video that looks like they're using um, 1988 era <laughs> Mac Paint to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see the, I see the so polygonal, the polygonal structure thing they do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this woman is the original. <laughs> they turn her into a Charlie Twenty Seven from the original Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, here I'm sorry. I'll put this in the uh, chat room too. Yeah. Goldennumber.net/slash/beauty. If, if uh, you at home, if you at home want to play along. Yeah, you guys should go check it out. I'm showing it on screen. Plus, the, now there's a link, so you guys can see it. But this lady here, this original. And then the, the the freaking Tron treatment, mm-hmm. and then now she's <laughs> symmetrical. It's interesting they didn't make the hair symmetrical, but I guess that makes sense. You wouldn't do that. Well, yeah. But I feel like yeah. symmetry makes us look weird. Like it makes us. Yeah, I mean we're not supposed to be exactly symmetrical. 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 Because if you if you've ever taken a, a mirror and put it up halfway on your face and looked at what your mm-hmm. face would look like if both sides were exactly the same, it looks really weird. It doesn't look like you. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Does it? Hold on. We need, what, what we need to do is just take a Photoshop and flip it or something. But we'll see how we look. Yeah. Uh, I just got a private DM from Twitter. A guy saying, "You guys don't know what you're talking about. It's only called Scoob." What's he talking about? The, the Scooby Doo movie that I was talking about in the trailers at the beginning. Yes, that the, the movie is called Scoob. Oh, it's really just called Scoob. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Really? That that warranted? You'd go, a- uh, you'd go out of your way, Max 30... T- I'm not going to say his full thing. 
You'd, but you'd, <laughs> you'd go you go out of your way to tell us that it's Scoob. It's not that big Correct. a deal, is it? Is it a big deal? Yeah, it's it's not a big deal. Whatever, All it's right. fine. It's fine. We'll take what we can get. Hey, uh, China's literally washing their money to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, so don't worry <laughs> Good, about it. Yeah. If you get any dong or whatever. Isn't it dong? What are they, what's their money? Yes. No, it is. <laughs> okay, you get the Chinese if you if you're touching Chinese dong, you're not gonna get the virus. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. It's fun it's fun to say. This. It's just fun to say. To say it that. is, yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, as the Chinese government continues its effort to slow the spread of the deadly coronavirus, the uh, country's central bank of uh, at the press conference yesterday, or see the 15th, when was that? A few days ago, told the media it was going to begin literally cleaning its currency. Uh, it's an extreme move that makes sense, whether it's dollars, pounds, euros, shekels, or in this case, yuan. Oh, I thought it was dong. Oh, dong is uh, Vietnam. Oh, Vietnam. Okay, right. Yeah, Vietnam <clears throat> dong. <laughs> <laughs> Vietnamese dong. Uh, anyway, uh, it says here the currency is notoriously dirty, dirty, dirty money. Um, twenty seventeen study of the uh, of their bills, uh, or no, I'm sorry, twenty seventeen study of one dollar bills in New York found some three hundred ninety seven bacterial species living on the surface of the money. And when someone with wow. the flu handles it, that virus has been shown to survive up to twelve days on a p- on a dollar. I don't do cash anymore. That's why I haven't gotten sick this year. I don't do cash. You don't cash. I know. It, we shouldn't be doing cash anymore. Cash is uh, cash is dirty, diseased garbage. And uh, yeah, it's been especially paper money. Yeah. It's got cocaine and and viruses, E. coli on it. Yeah, and, and G string juice and stuff on there. <laughs> right, because you go to the, the 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 stripper club there and you tuck it in. Right, yeah, you don't G <laughs> string juice. Oh my god. <laughs> the phrase how many g-strings do you have to ring out to get one glass of juice <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, I it's grosser than i meant it it's like we made a porn here during business hours yeah in the frog pants public <laughs> library here well anyway so they're gonna do this um Let's see. It says under normal circumstances, governments around the world spend about $10 billion a year to replace currency that is in bad condition. But when something as severe as coronavirus is spreading, the nation may opt to take more drastic measures. One method is cleaning the money to use, uh, uh, is to use ultraviolet light or high temperatures on it and then seal the cash away for two weeks before releasing it back into cir- circulation. When possible, the Chinese bank said it would provide brand new banknotes to people. Here's the problem, though. If the money's already out there... Mm-hmm it's not like people can walk in and go here here's my money clean it like it doesn't work that way it's all the, just the stuff they have control over so how's this going to help can you take your can you get your money laundered somewhere yeah <laughs> is there a money la- laundering service that i could use i'd like to get my money laundered please <laughs> you know, get the coronavirus off of it thanks arrest that man that's what they'd say <laughs> all right uh, final story for yeah. today oh. Florida snake orgy forces officials to close area of a park. Uh, this is, this this, is rough. Was this during business hours? This was totally during business hours, as you might expect. <laughs> yes. There's a lot I mean, of... You muted me, or I muted, you, you somehow got muted. Oh, are you muted? No, I can hear you. Can I'm, you? No, I'm back now, but... Uh, oh, did you not hear me for a second? I didn't hear you. I don't know if you heard me. No, I totally heard you. Hours. Yeah, I okay. heard you the whole time. That was weird. You disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back now. 
There's a snake orgy happening in Florida. Officials in Lakeland say there's a number of the reptiles have gathered this week to make love near Lake Hollingsworth. That's my mother-in-law's mm. uh, maiden name is Hollingsworth. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I worked with a Lori Hollingsworth. Oh, uh, she nice. got married. Re, uh, she got married and uh, has a new name that I won't give out on the show, but uh, she was a wonderful person. She was a programmer, developer. She was great. Was she from the South by chance? Very. Southern. She was from the South. She was mm. from... Louisiana, maybe. Okay, I mean, my my mother in law grew out grew up in uh, Slidell, Louisiana. Right? Well, she was when she was young. She was in Slidell, so she was in Louisiana. Oh my god, be interesting to see if there's uh, they're probably related. There's a relation. Yeah, yeah. Kim's huh. got Kim's got some of her blood in her. Her blood. Her blood. With blood. <laughs> Says here they are non-venomous and generally not aggressive. Uh, people don't bug them, but uh, once the mating is over, they go their separate ways. The snakes have been identified as Florida's water snake, and they are generally found resting in trees, climbing on water, or basking in shorelines. Um, they put up some caution tapes and done some other stuff. They're trying to protect the snakes. But they <laughs> yeah, have... the snakes start humping the caution tape. Yeah, you got to watch out. <laughs> Oh, hello, my Ooh, dear. skinny, skinny yellow girl. All yeah. right. <laughs> you are a beautiful young lady, dude. Hazard print on there. Do not enter. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, penetration and sex and everything. Yeah, exactly. See, yes. So be careful in Florida. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Bill Duran will be here talking about making stuff. We'll see what's going on with him. Uh, Jerry here a little bit after that. He's back in Oakland. Has a lot to say. Uh, he's heading to the Nevada uh, caucus uh, stuff uh, this weekend, I guess Thursday. Caucuses, that's right. Yep. Yeah, not so, primaries, caucuses. Yeah, they're doing the caucus. Caucus. And uh, I got a very interesting question for him. Also, apparently, Salt Lake City loves Mayor Pete, and and I want to talk to him about that because hmm. uh, that sounds nuts to me. But anyway, we'll find out about all that in a minute. Before that, though, a song from Brian Ibbett and his selection of quality tunes. Sure. Well, speaking of uh, Jury's home, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, Instrumental band Unconditional Arms have a brand new song called You're Just as Desperate. It's off of their brand new album, which will be coming out April 3rd via Zelda Heart Records. It's called Formation. This is really cool. It's got, um, I don't know, maybe a Cure vibe to it. Mm. Uh, it's probably the, like, you remember that Cure album that was a lot of remixes and instrumental versions? Uh, not Disintegration, but it was something, it was oh, right around that time. Yeah, I do remember. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember that. I like that. Really good. Anyway, yeah. uh, this is great. You're going to love it. The song is called You're Just as Desperate. The group is called Unconditional Arms. They're from Oakland, just like Jury. So you know they're good. <laughs> Here's Unconditional Arms, and you're just as desperate.
I love a good pair of socks. So do you. You know you do. Don't lie to me. You know you do. Well, I want to thank Bombas for supporting this podcast. I'm wearing Bombas socks right now. No matter what you do to stay active, Bombas has you covered. They have socks specifically designed for activities like running, hiking, cycling, and more. I'm about to go to the gym in mine, where I'll be cycling and running, actually. They also have other sports. Uh, socks made for great sports like basketball, tennis, golf, more. Your feet stay cool, dry, comfortable with Bombas lightweight polycotton blends. Mm, that just sounds nice saying it. Feels good, too, on your feet. Each sock has a special arch support system that's supportive and not too tight. If you're annoyed by the toe seam on your socks, you don't have to worry about that anymore with Bombas. It's all smooth at the top of your feet. And if you're consistently and constantly pausing your treadmill to adjust your twisted, bunched-up socks, Bombas has designed these socks with left, uh, excuse me, left-right contouring and Y-stitched heel to stay perfectly in place. Mm. Not to mention, for every pair you buy, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. That, my friends, is my favorite part. You know, working out is hard. It's always been hard. Even when it's easy, it's still pretty hard. Bombas socks can change that. Well, they can kind of change that. They can make it more comfortable, right? It's not going to make it any easier to get out there and get on, and you know, get on the treadmill. But they sure are going to make your feet feel better while you're at it. So if your resolution is to get fit this year, I mean, we're into February here. So you still should be working on that. Start by getting socks that can keep up every step of the way. I absolutely love my socks. Love my Bomba socks. They're amazing. And I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. They'll fit me as well as they'll fit you. So go to bombas.com slash TMS today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S, bombas.com slash TMS for 20% off. And we thank them for their support of today's show. Now, this particular machine will give you a choice of eight different main courses and three puddings. Now, hear this. There's been a slight change in our plan. The Morning Stream, where man is made whole. All right, we're back. Welcome back, everybody. We are where man is made whole. That's true. This is true, yeah. Remember when you were two people and then we made you one? I was made partial and then um, filled in the the rest of it with uh, drywall mud. Yeah, that was a good time. I enjoyed that, that era of the show. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're going to call our good buddy Bill and talk about cool stuff. So here you go. Play this. Your bat cave's open there, Bill. Hey, everybody. Check it out. It's Bill Duran all the way from Seattle, Washington, uh, on the show once again. Hello, Bill. Good morning. Nice to have you here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Oh, that's a, great. a lovely morning. Yeah. Aww. Just getting ready to go do some work. Oh, that's good. Cool. Work is good. Have us be the beginning of your Tuesday, and may it be productive and wonderful by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, Tuesdays, we have Bill on. He's uh, the purveyor of all things Punished Props. He makes re- really rad stuff, often in the nerdy vein of things. He's also writing a book right now. All kinds of cool stuff. And Tuesdays, when we get to talk about it to help inspire you to be better creators yourself. So, Bill, what do yes. we got going on today? I have tool envy. Serious tool <laughs> envy. Okay. And I'm wondering if there is there is Every probably... time I go to a public restroom, me yep, too. Yep, tool mm-hmm. envy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I really like 
tools, specifically power tools that help me do my work better, quicker, more efficiently. Um, and I can't help myself but crave after the newest, hottest, coolest thing. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a, uh, a podcaster equivalent. Uh, but let me give you a good example. All right. My buddy David is a woodworker. He's got a channel called uh, Make Something. Mm-hmm. Really awesome guy. And he got a new drill press. Okay. okay. The drill press has been around for a couple hundred years. It's a very common tool. Mm-hmm. But his drill press is a new fancy drill press. <laughs> it's the drill press of the future. Oh, wow. I already, so, I already want this drill no, press. It sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, no pulleys. It's a direct drive. So the, the motor is attached directly to the spindle. Uh, it's got a variable speed control. Mm-hmm. It's got auto start, auto stop. It has an auto depth stop and auto reverse. It's ridiculous. And I want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know where this happens? There is a podcaster equivalent to this. Once in a while, yeah. Brian and I and people like us will get wind of like a mixer or like yeah, some crazy mic. Or, yeah. Or like a, that happens all the time. But for me, it's uh, actually. Stream Deck. Right, yes. <laughs> yes. Stream Decks. I spend way too much money on this crap. But here's the thing. Lately for me, it's been on the game side and it's been a bunch of controller fetishizing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've been really okay. so into like weird custom made retro controllers that are like well made and stuff like that so i bought like this here's one right here from my for my snes mini uh 8bitdo.com has these these uh mm. controllers that are basically uh you know snes controllers retro but yep. it's wireless so i can just plug a little dongle into the front of that classic and it just connects to it and works um and they're really well made like this is like a nicely made controller i also bought this new uh, it's, I got the black version, but I bought the 8-bit do. Um, oh, look uh, at that with a little handle. See, that's that's what the the Super Nintendo controller needed mm-hmm. was a little grippy. Yeah, wings. so this is pretty grippy, and it works with uh, everything. Like, I've, I'm using this on my PC, my Mac, my phones, my whatever. It's just a nice... Probably Bluetooth. with Apple Arcade. Yep, oh, USB-C. Cool. So I keep getting suckered into this. Uh, and, oh, yeah. And if you go to 8bitdo.com, you'll get down the worst rabbit hole, and you'll want to walk out of there with every damn thing they make. So, <laughs> so <laughs> don't do it. But yes, I guess as an example, that's another way of uh, that's getting pretty good. too into yeah. it. Now, you, you own video game controllers already. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I own, own a drill press. I own right? a very nice drill press. Sure. Like, I... I had an old drill press I bought at Harbor Freight that sucked and it was tiny. And when I could afford it, I bought a used but very nice, like floor standing drill press. Mm. It does everything I I needed to do, but I desperately want this other one. Nice, <laughs> nice. Now the, the the new one, there are some there are features that are that are genuine improvements, right? It is, uh, it is more efficient with my time. It's more accurate with the work it does. But most importantly, uh, if I were to buy that drill press, I could brag about it on the internet. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the best feature <laughs> yeah. that most drill, most crazy power tools have is that bragging factor. So I had, a, I, had, I had a similar example when I was way into photography with camera lenses. Yeah. I spent mm-hmm. so much on camera lenses. And at the time, I worked at Microsoft, and we had a club, an email list, where people would share their photography stuff. And, uh, and many people there were were very well off Microsoft employees and they had the coolest, craziest, awesome lenses that cost 
tens of thousands of dollars and I wanted them so bad. The thing is, I could still take really great photos with my cheap camera and cheap lens. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the allure of the new. Yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Like, that's the problem. This is that website Brian and I were talking about yesterday. What was it called, Brian? Mm -hmm. Mischief or whatever? Oh, yeah. They make all these products. Nobody needs anything they make, but you want all of it. Like, like yeah. oh, I want Jesus shoes, and I want uh, yeah, <laughs> the dog collar that makes my dog drop f bombs when uh, he barks. Right, because yeah. I mean, in those cases, they're they're kind of stupid and non they're non productive, but you still want them. In your case, you could do some real real work with a new drill. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, um, Archie McPhee. You walk into one of those Archie McPhee stores, and I think they've even got one in Seattle. I think that might be the home. We absolutely do. Yes, yes, <laughs> and great. there is nothing in that store you ever could possibly need. No, no, but you walk in there and you walk out of there a hundred dollars lighter and a bag yep. full of weird plastic crap yeah um yeah well another good example too the other day i was on craig's craigslist looking up used belt sanders and i already own three belt sanders <laughs> like, that's where i'm at right now wow that's, so uh, here's the yeah. here here's the, my main problem though i have a lot of tools i have a lot of tools that are useful and that i use every day but now i'm at the point where i'm just replacing the ones i have with much more expensive versions. <laughs> yeah. So at least I've slowed down a little bit. The 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 uh, belt grinders I want regularly cost around thirteen hundred bucks. So the uh, hundred and twenty dollar Ryobi belt sander I have will last me a little while longer, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a video of right now. Of a, oh, by the way, there is no shortage of YouTube videos of people using uh, drill drill presses. What's that about? No kidding. What's going right. on with that? Why is that such a hot thing? Just don't look for it. Don't just don't don't search for drill press accidents. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh yeah. Drill no. press oops. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I mean, here's a okay, you know, this is funny. Sorry, I gotta bring this up. My wife and I have a bunch of um baseboards we need to put in, and we've needed to do it since last summer when we finished the flooring and we just haven't gotten to the baseboards. And the reason we haven't gotten to the baseboards is because we suck at these things. And to get them done, it was like, well, we'll have Kim's brother-in-law, Steve, or her brother, Richard, who are both very skilled woodworkers. They know the tools. They know what to do. They'll bring one of their saws over here, and they'll get it done. And it'll be done in like half, not even half a day. It'll take us a few hours. But we keep putting it off because they're all busy. They got their own projects, and they're not doing it. So the other day, I said, well, hon, why don't we just go to Home Depot, and we'll rent a freaking thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this right now is telling you already why this is a problem. I don't even know what to call mm-hmm. it. Well, let's go rent a thing. We'll ask like the hairy guy in the in the one aisle, you know, what <laughs> right. we need. And he'll say, oh, well, let me tell you. And he'll take me over there with his little red bib and everything and show us what to do. And then I'll bring it home and then I'll cut them. I'll figure it out. We'll do it together. And she looked at me and said, you're going to cut off fingers. You don't know what you're doing with this and neither do I. Why would we do this? And I'm like, well, we got to learn. It's time to learn. She goes, and I don't want to buy new baseboards when you ruin the ones we have. <laughs> so she talked me down from that, and I guess we're not going to do it. We're going to have to wait until spring. But anyway, fun little it's story. Like a, it's, yeah. a, it's an old DIY joke where it's like, well, I could go out and buy this thing for $40, mm-hmm. or I could spend an entire weekend making it myself for 200 <laughs> Right, right. I mean, that's yeah. the hard part. And because I'm not as experienced in this stuff, I don't have the calculus. Like, I don't know how to make... The case for why it's better to not do it yourself or what money will we actually save? And it's also extra painful because my dad was really great at this stuff. He had multiple saws and drills. He was very good at all that stuff. Never hurt himself, never cut himself, knew all the safety stuff. 
built everything we ever needed to do, fixed all the stuff we needed to do. I am the polar opposite of that. I'm useless in this scenario. So when the zombies come, we're going to Bill's house, we're going to Mark Spagnolo's house, <laughs> Steve and Richard's house. Like, go to the homes of the people who know how to build shit, or else you're all dead. Okay, right. that's that's the lesson here. There you go. All right, Bill. Sorry. Back to <laughs> back to life. Back to reality. Wherever we were before. That, that's it. There, there's no lesson this week. I just no, desire just, tools. That's really it. Yeah, it's just right. commiserating. Fair enough. Yeah, I did have my eye, by the way. Uh, after after working on this uh, foam head thing mm -hmm. um, for one hot minute, I was on Amazon looking at tabletop. Um, what's the kind of saw that just has? A thin blade that goes up and down as opposed to like a circular saw or I guess just a table saw. A table saw or a, a scroll saw probably. Scroll, scroll saw, saw, yeah. Like you get a little $80 tabletop scroll saw that'd sure. be perfect for cutting through foam and, and stuff like that. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But it's like, wait, I'm doing this just so I can make this foam head. Am I going to make other foam things? Yeah, I probably will. But why don't I wait until I make a few things using the yeah. old X-Acto knife before yep. I... Spend eighty bucks on uh, on another uh, tool to put in the garage. There you go. It sounds like a cool tool. Uh, well, all right, Bill. We've we've uh, we've learned about envy today. We've learned about we sure uh, some other stuff. You usually uh, have a little bonus link for us. Do you have a little something today? I do. It's a, it's one of my videos, but uh, it is a bunch of projects from our oh, yeah. viewers. So if you look up the five hundred k Mando oh. helmet video. I um, love that that Egypt, Egyptian styled Mando helmet. I think oh, it's so amazing. There's a lot of cool ones. So we put up a short video on our channel. Um, I am still working on the book, so I don't have a build video this month. But I do have an update showing off one of the example projects from the the book, which is very exciting. And we did the Mandalorian helmet project with our fans back in November, and they all made a bunch of helmets, and they sent us video of those helmets. So the rest of this video is showing off 10-second uh, clips of all the different helmets our fans made, That's which is great, really, yeah. really, really cool. I'm so happy. So many people played along and participated. That's really all I ask. I, I just want people to, to try this stuff out. Yeah, they look, so, great. they look great, too. Lots of good ones. Lots of creativity and customization, too. People really went went nuts with it, and I, I love it. Especially, I noticed people kind of went different directions with this the antenna bit. Because um, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. obviously uh, the show even does that, or not the show, but the the use of that thing in different Mandalorian helmets from Boba Fett and otherwise they they are they're different and weird. Oh, look! Mm -hmm. And someone made like a Cylon light in theirs. Cool. Oh, nice. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. Nice. And he's got boom boxes behind him. He looks like some kind of eighties <laughs> robot. It's fantastic. So I was uh, we we ended up somehow. I think after the regular um, television news. Uh, America's Got Talent popped up, and before we had a chance to turn it off and watch something else, uh, we saw Kiss was on there, and they were dressed in their full, and it was you know Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, may have been Peter Chris, may have been Ace Freely, but who knows with <laughs> who those knows? two? <laughs> um, but I noticed that they're you know they still have the big old costumes and you know uh, boots and stuff like that. I'm thinking, oh, I bet all that stuff is foam because it's it's got to be obviously it has to be super light. Mm -hmm. super flexible so they can walk around on stage mm -hmm. and i was thinking i wonder how you'd go about making some of those like the shoulders that gene simmons wears and and stuff like that uh um and i'm thinking well, okay that might be a good foam project sometime yeah it would be i mean someone made those yeah somehow where's that video where's that right. video come on internet 
Exactly. I want to see Captain the, the, Kipper the, says it's not foam. I think it is foam, Captain Kipper. It it would it's probably maybe not originally. Foam. Yeah, but now it's probably yeah. Foam. It may not, it may not be EVA. It might be like L two hundred or some other variant of foam. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably foam. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I might, that might be my that my dream project that I'll never do. Also, so, fries are done. Did I hear a ding. Who was that? <laughs> That's right, they are. It's probably time for you to go get some breakfast. Yeah, go get some breakfast. That'll be good. That'll help your working day. Bill Duran, everybody. PunishProps.com. You can also find him at Chinbeard on Twitter. Bill, have a great week. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. That's so funny. It was a great segment with Bill, yet there was really nothing. He didn't, nothing, he didn't, we didn't do learn anything. anything. We just commiserated about how we like to spend money on our hobbies. Yeah. And, uh, and like, sometimes... Sometimes you just need to commiserate and say, yeah, we have a problem. And, I agree. Um, I agree 100%. We're all here on that. To, I'm Brian Ibbett and I buy too much <laughs> podcasting. <crap. laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, now this. These are their stories. Oh, I'm terrible with names. It's uh, Justin Robert Young, all the way from Oaktown, California, who is with us once again today before his big trip to Nevada for the caucuses over there to talk mm-hmm. about the world of politics in a much more reasonable fashion than you're used to in your public media consumption. Uh, wow. Welcome to the show, Justin. How are you? Hi, friends. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Doing great. Ooh. Are Ooh. you doing great? That's the important question because you, you're about to embark on additional work and it's a lot of work so how are you feeling <laughs> <laughs> embarking on additional work is a funny way to put it no i'm headed to uh nevada for the caucus so, yeah uh, yeah i'll be i'll be there in vegas and then south carolina after that then back to california for super tuesday and then off to florida after that so wow following this here uh primary trail uh because uh the, the people on the patreon demanded it it's like you're back in the um go game days with the travel yeah schedule. right all the travel yeah. yeah it's a lot but Un- uh unrelated but are you gonna be in vegas with us for the uh, tms vegas thing at the end of march or is that tie-in is there a is there a primary or a caucus going on oh, that'd be totally cool. honest i think that it's free but i would be lying if i told you that i've thought that far ahead in life <laughs> <laughs> what if, maybe if the patreon people paid for you to go to vegas you'd go <laughs> No, I like I like this is how I do things. I got yeah, I can't think totally. that far ahead. Yeah, I barely well, can I don't think about things until two weeks beforehand. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean I I mean to give you a context, I have not booked my flight to Florida, which would come before Vegas. So mm-hmm. uh makes sense. I eventually I'll figure it out. Well but and also the fates- likely I mean like as long as there's not something that weekend, uh it is likely. Well, the cool. fate the fates are often good to you. You end up with seats you that are better than what you thought you were going to get, and or hotel like rooms with fireplaces. And- right, so you end yeah. up with a fire. Uh, yes, a room with a fireplace. <laughs> Although I awesome. am annoyed with Bill that his segment devolved into just talking about nonsense because that really is my gimmick. So uh, back you've off. Got, you've got that locked down. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's funny. Back off foam worker yeah if the foam worker really really brought it today just nothing I know. yeah come on like but, this is this is my corner he learned from you <laughs> he learned it from you dad he learned it from you all right uh we're gonna we're gonna dive right in now i got a couple of questions or a couple of things i want to get off the table real quick um i want to talk about that mayor pete in salt lake city thing because i think that's interesting but we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that in a second uh i found out through my son nicholas who, by the way, I didn't say this yet. He's he found an apartment this week. He's moving out on oh. Sunday, so him wow. and his sister, within a month of each other, found great places to live. They are downtown where they want to be. They're stoked. 
uh, right, it's closer to Nick's work and in Carter's case, right next to the university where she's going and where she works. They're all loving this and they got great prices and I can't believe the places they got. It's great. So I'm super stoked for them, I, but also we're feeling I a little hear, sad. We're feeling, I hear sad. a lot less sadness coming from, uh, Scott about Nick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I heard about Carter. No, here, here's what I'll say. I was sadder about Carter because Carter and I are, um, you know, we're, we're collaborators as well as, uh, yeah. familial family. Uh, but also, in the case of Nick, I'm excited for him more than I am sad because I really did feel like he was feeling like he was in a bit of a rut, like he he just wanted to spread his wings and couldn't because the opportunities weren't coming his way or there wasn't a great rent deal that popped for him. You know, it's not getting any cheaper for these Gen Zs to move out on their own. And so this just makes me happy because he's going to be happy. He's going to be he's yeah. going to be stoked. He'll be back. He'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I see where Brian's going with this. I see where yeah. he's going. He's going. I don't he, know when I when I moved out. It the only time that I ever moved back in with my mom was when technically I had to take a or I, I was taking a job in Florida, but I still had about six months on my apartment in New York. So yeah. technically I was paying. I was still paying oh, wow. rent, but it was it was for an apartment I wasn't living. You in. were in. Oh, jeez. Because you had oh. like what a, a contractor or whatever, right? Or at least well, I had roommates and everything, so it was kind of like I didn't want to leave them out in a lurch, mm. and you know, so it was one of those like, all right, I move out and I'll still pay, but if you guys find somebody else, then obviously they can take my space and in the meantime enjoy your office that I'm paying for. Sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, the point the point of it is. Um, uh, final, so during you're, all, you're turning into a real empty nester here pretty soon. Yeah, and it's going to be. I mean, you know, what does that mean? Walking around naked? I don't know what it means. We haven't. Yeah, we naked haven't cartwheels, baby. Is that what it is? Well, we cartwheels. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the case, so in this particular case, um, Kim's Kim's going to struggle with it a lot because she really she loves. I mean, she just loves being around mm -hmm. Nick, and I do too. But but at the same time, I his his idea of getting out and going for it is good. It's great. It's a very healthy thing, and I'm stoked for him. So. So it's all good on the in the hood in that regard. But we had this conversation about politics last night. And he says to me, I said, well, Nick, you're voting age. So how's all this panning out for you? Not trying to, you know, uh, control the conversation or give him any idea. I just want to hear what he what he thinks based on what he's seeing. And yeah. he says, um, right now, me and my friends, we all like Mike Blo uh, Bloomberg. And I went, oh, hold on a minute. Really? He says, "Yeah, I like I like Bloomberg." I th and I said, "Why?" And he goes, "I think he's the only one that can beat Trump." Those were his words. Hmm. Yeah. So, I just thought that was interesting that him and a handful of other kids all are convinced that that's the only path forward. It's the only the only uh, the only way to do it. And we didn't talk much deeper than that. I just said, "Oh, well, that's interesting." I mean, what? you know, he's got the budget, I guess, for pushing as far and as long as he wants, and blah blah blah. Have you? Have have you noticed that Mike Bloomberg, like if you see a side profile, he kind of looks like Mr. Burns. Like he's got the 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 rounded down pointing nose and the uh, upper lip that hangs over the lower lip. No, I haven't noticed that. I'll point that out to him uh, yeah. uh, in the future. Yeah, that might change his mind. But sorry, go ahead, Jerry. You're going to yeah. your response. And, and whole, before you do, the whole my whole take in this household has been from day one or from day one of April or of November 8th, 2016 has been. Uh, I'll take a you know a, I'll take a frozen yogurt over Donald Trump. So it doesn't matter to me in this ticket. Everybody yeah. who's in it, I, they're all up. I'm up up for all of them. Whoever you mm -hmm. whoever gets mm -hmm. the primary, I'm not going to be one of those guys going. 
Oh man, if Bernie gets in there, then I'm going to change my mind. No, I'll take Bernie. I'll take Mayor Pete. I'll take mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren. I'll take Klobuchar, or however you say her name. I'll take Klobuchar. any of these people. Klobuchar. I will take a floating turd. Or Brian, do the voice for the floating turds. Turds in the, the float. You did it the oh. other night. <laughs> That's right. The shallow end of the pool is where the turds float. I love that so much. <laughs> Sorry, go watch Fargo season three. But anyway, so... So anyway, I just your thoughts. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, the kids. I mean, it's obviously a small sample group, so it's impossible to say anything definitive about this. But is, do you find that surprising that they these you know young upstarts are like, hey, Mike Bloomberg, he's got the he's got the nuts to make it done? What do you think of that? Uh, no. I mean, I think that that the number one thing that all uh, Democrats by polling care about more than guns, more than the environment, more than health care is beat Donald Trump, which is not unique in, in an election like this where you're facing an incumbent president that usually is uh, uh, up there. But I would say that in this particular case, what differs is exactly how you get there with Bloomberg. It is, you know, he, he projects authoritarian and, and, you know, your mileage will vary on exactly how author- how much uh, uh, there is muscle behind that idea. He is somebody that very much has a specific idea of, of top-down uh, government that, that kind of gets uh, granular into your life and, and you know, uh, with, with varying different results. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, Bernie has uh, a, a very top-down governmental philosophy, too. It's, it's a, a difference of exactly what they want to do with it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, at, at this point, I think we do have we have a very unique race because mm-hmm. in any other cycle, I think somebody like Mayor Pete probably would have gotten a lot more attention for running neck and neck with Bernie. Uh, I, I think that this would be looked at more as a two horse race, but uh you know, nationally, Pete has not polled as well. And you still have candidates like Warren and Biden that have really eaten a bag of poop in the in the first two <laughs> contests uh, that are still polling fairly well nationally and into into double digits ahead of somebody like Mayor Pete. So and Bloomberg has done very well, which is odd, considering the fact that he has not uh, uh, that that he's playing a Trump gif over my entire face <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm not doing it to to interrupt anything i'm trying to find it's actually the wrong one i was trying to find this thing i have a bloomberg sorry continue on I, 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 I don't ignore the man in behind the mirror don't worry about it keep going okay um <laughs> i lost my train of thought sorry i, I, I don't know what i was i say. wasn't supposed to that wasn't supposed to distract all right um uh okay mayor pete comes to salt lake city yeah thousands of people in line to see this guy i believe it was four thousand was the uh was the the count if i remember offhand now i have a feeling this is based on nothing but a feeling okay but i have this feeling that he really does appeal to my local culture because of a couple of factors um even though you might say and this is a this is a this is a um, this is a wrong-headed thing to actually think because there's data that proves otherwise. But Salt Lake City, everyone thinks it's just like ultra-conservative, and therefore we must hate the gays. But as it turns out, 
uh, it's one of the it's always ranked every year as one of the most gay friendly cities in the in the country. I can't speak for Utah County or go down to Provo or any of that, but the city itself and its surrounding burbs, we're we're you know we're, we have this reputation for being very welcoming in that regard, and so a lot of people. Uh, you know, are not surprised when you go downtown and you see lots and lots of gay couples. They're just, they're just everywhere. I went to breakfast the other day and I sat next to two gay couples having breakfast together, talking about their lives. And it was, it was great. Gay things. Right, Brian. Gay things. Talking about gay things. Gay things. Anyway. So, so, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Were they me. like wearing, were they wearing like a, like a, 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 like a jacket? Like, or like when, when quarterbacks have to wear like a red jersey during practice or no, they hunters were... have to wear an orange jacket? Def- like, definitely like, how not did that. you identify them as, as, as gay? Well, part of what they were saying was definitely things like, um, stuff a gay couple would talk about. I you want to know what I immediately regret. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you what cuz I don't want to get into it. But let's just move but along. But they were also very uh, they were just clean and 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 dressed well and all the things oh you God. all the Jesus. stereotypes are true, okay? It's all true. Anyway, this is watch the last episode of The Masked Singer. Oh, must be gay. Yeah, it must be gay. So here's but forget about that for a minute. Um they were oh also one of them kissed the guy next to him and said, "Hang on, I'll be right back." and uh, one of them called him no, no worries, babe, or something, and he went the other way. I'm, I'm confident they were gay, but that's not important about this story. The story is this: we're a gay Scott, friendly city. There's only one way to be sure, and it's up to you. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. All right, so, so there's that factor. Then there's this other factor that leads me to think that Pete would would pull really well here, and that is, uh, people respect a bunch of things in my local culture. One of them is military service he has that yeah they respect um fidelity and yes you know in, in some ways it seems like it fidelity. goes fidelity yeah oh oh oh, the, oh that he's married that he's married and he's that he doesn't okay, cheat on okay. his husband um that he's a that he seems to be a devoted <laughs> husband right and doesn't okay doesn't gotcha, sleep gotcha, around gotcha, gotcha. so that's a big deal and also he's just kind of looks like some nerd who's a little more conservative than everybody else. He's not walking around like Sanders going, you know, all the time. And he's not like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's not, he's just sort of in his tie and his suit and he's sort of up there going, well, you know, he's definitely, you know, centristy for a guy who happens to be gay, but for whatever reason, he is he's the most centrist, he's the most centrist of the, of the, of friends, the group. Friend, friends and enemies would call him a centrist. Right. And so, there's something about all of that that I think it makes him appealing here. And so I was not surprised to hear that there were that. I guess I may be a little surprised at the volume, but 4,000 people waiting in line to see Mayor Pete was was not too big of a shock. I actually think he so, would do really so well So Utah here. is a Super Tuesday state. It also votes on March 3rd yeah. um, in, in, in a few weeks. And that's really going to tell the tale. I mean, traditionally, where we're at right now is is when campaigns back start to get broken. Mm. Uh, uh, you start to see the the you know the money run out and the enthusiasm run out. Uh, we haven't really seen that, and that's partly why I think Bernie Sanders is going to win in Nevada. Not only the fact that he has built a very good campaign and he knows exactly who he is speaking to, but there's really no galvanizing candidate uh, that channels the people that don't like him. You know, right now you have effectively. Four people, especially in Nevada, running for that centrist lane in Buttigieg, Steyer, Klobuchar, and Biden. Uh, 
each of them are probably pointing at each other saying, man, this sure would be a lot easier if you would drop out. And then it goes on down the line. But, you know, Pete's in a very interesting position because I do think that the Bloomberg hype has totally wiped out a, a usually fairly reliable element of this process. And that is if you win Iowa, which although disputed, uh, Pete did by the standard definition that we normally judge it by, at least for now. Uh, and he came very close in New Hampshire. That usually comes with a lot of buzz. That usually comes with a lot of attention. And we have not seen that when you have somebody that is appealing off $200 million worth of their own money to buy television and radio ads that, uh, you know, you, you can say realistically that that it's obviously something that's novel and therefore it is a news story or maybe one could say cynically that if the perilous world of cable television and broadcast television advertising is now all of a sudden buoyed by tens of millions of dollars in ad spend uh maybe you would like for that to keep going mm. i think that's a pretty good point all right Tell me about Klobuchar's chances now that she has the Klobmentum or whatever I heard. I don't some- know if the Klobmentum, much like uh, uh, players in the Oregon Trail, I don't know if Klobmentum will survive the death of dysentery <laughs> as it uh, as it crosses the Mississippi. Yeah, I I I think. Look, New Hampshire is a very fickle, well, not fickle, a very contrarian state. Mm. Uh, there is a reason why that for all of its goof nuts. Uh, effery Iowa is far more predictive of who gets the nomination than New Hampshire because I think New Hampshire very much values its independent streak and they found a champion in Klobuchar and and that's where a lot of the the by the the, the decaying energy from the Biden campaign coalesced I don't see a lot of polling evidence to say that she is doing any better in Nevada than she was otherwise but then again there's not a ton of polling to suggest that Pete is doing any better than he was doing before Iowa. But also there's not a lot of polling in, in Nevada in general. So so we don't we, we honestly don't know. Uh, Nevada still shows Joe Biden in the second place position, which if the trend holds in the previous two contests, as people get closer and closer to voting, they get further away from voting for Joe Biden. But. You know, maybe the deserts of Nevada hold uh, a, a little bit of hope for for old Joe, old smoking Joe. And I'm sorry, did you say who was in the lead in Nevada? Is it Bernie? Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Bernie's Bernie's. Look, uh, 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 Bernie has. To me, there are two campaigns that know exactly who their audience is and speak exactly to them the way. That excites them, and that is Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And uh, I don't really think that there's anybody even a close second. There, everybody else is still figuring out exactly how you want to talk to people, and they're trying out trial balloons as to uh, what is going to get people excited. But I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Bernie Sanders just put 17 million people into an arena in Tacoma last night. I don't think it's a coincidence that Donald Trump has been able to go into the backyard of all these early contests 
and pack out stadiums. He's going to do it again in uh, Las Vegas, although it'll be at a, at a convention center and not a stadium. But he'll probably gather uh, like he has in the previous uh, contest, the largest crowd gathered by a candidate. And he's not effectively going to be on the actually he's officially not going to be on the ballot in Nevada. He effectively uh, was only in nominal contest in the previous two. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think that crowd size is necessarily the defining factor, but I do often think that it is a sign of your connection to your hardcore base. And I don't think that anybody is close uh, than, you know, to, to where those two are with their bases. So you continue down the road of jury pick Bernie to begin with, and now it's going to... I'm with you. I actually think you're right about all this, but your prediction is going to happen. Do you have any money on this? you got anything riding on whether Bernie gets the nomination? Twitter clout, baby. Twitter clout. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. No, I, I don't. I didn't bet on it, but uh, uh, yeah, from, from a year out, I, I said it was going to be Bernie, largely because... Uh, not because I'm, I'm brilliant. It's because I'm, uh, you know, I might be dumb, but I'm not an effing idiot. And I didn't want to be wrong on a nomination in the same way twice with, uh, with, with, with Trump. I mean, all anybody said about Trump was that he had uh, a high ceiling and a low floor and he was too extreme and he would never be embraced by the rest of the party and the party would fight against them and low they did. And then at the end of the day, they, they, you know, you know, maybe, Oh, now they're giving him political hand jobs every day. They love him now. They're into it. Well, because he won. I mean, winners winners get support. Yeah. If you win, then people will flock to you. And Trump is very popular within his party. Uh, I I think that you're going to see a lot of pushback against Bernie. Uh, I think depending on what happens in Nevada, you're going to see. I mean, I don't know. The, the question is, I don't know whether or not there will be a push for some of the folks that have run in the centrist lane to drop out after Nevada as we go into South Carolina, or if everybody in the Democratic Party is kind of so cowed by Bloomberg's wealth that they're just going to say, no, all four of you should drop out. Yeah, Pete should drop out, Biden should drop out, Klobuchar should drop out, Steyer should drop out, uh, uh, all of y'all should drop out because our, our new daddy is Bloomberg, which is just hilarious like it is one of the funniest things that i that i can imagine watching like at least nick doesn't probably remember how old was nick in 2004 he was four he was born in 2000 right four years so he's not gonna remember the fact that bloomberg was giving a rousing speech for george w bush at the republican national convention yeah he's not gonna remember that he's not gonna remember like what he's i think what he's seeing is kind of the simplistic view but he's seeing this view of and, you know, I'm encouraging him to explore this stuff and, you know, make decisions for himself. But but he's seeing this very simplistic view of rich guy in power. It might take another rich guy to do it. I think that's how he sees it. Yeah. Like, opposite but, I mean, the- but in general, it is hilarious to me that Bloomberg is now the savior. Uh, and, and it is a sign of how dependent uh, politics is on the donor class. And mm-hmm. this is what happens when one of the donors decides to go mask off and, and just say, screw it i'll do it myself Mm -hmm. uh and you know i don't think it's any coincidence that the people that are coming out and endorsing him he's given money to uh you know he he is regarded better within here's the funniest part he is regarded better within the democratic party because he has 
given a ton of money to the Democratic Party. He mm-hmm. he was part of the funding that helped them take back the House. Uh, and and now Democrats have to wrestle with what the, the, the cost of that was. Mm. If yeah. they if they don't like him, right? If they like him, then hooray, right? Look at this, look at this guy. He might spend, you know, we have only now recently over the past few cycles gotten used to the idea of presidential campaign spending a billion dollars between what comes in officially and what is spent via super PACs. Uh, but Bloomberg has said that he is willing to spend around $2 billion. That would be almost double what what we have already understood to be a very expensive thing. You know, again, he's spent close to $300 million before his name is even going to be on a ballot that anybody can vote on. Yeah. Like, this is this is spending the likes of which we have never really seen a strategy the likes of which we have never really seen and combined with the fact that Iowa was such a uh, a screw up we're we're looking at a race the likes of which that that nobody has ever really seen before and he's in this first he's in this Wednesday's debate this will be the first debate finally yeah right he He qualified yeah so the DNC decided after after running some of the candidates off based on the idea that they had not raised enough uh individual donor money so basically you it was it wasn't just the amount of money you would raise you had to raise it from enough people and so that's why they made tom steyer also a billionaire but not as big of a billionaire as bloomberg uh they made him go out and beg for dollars literally Mm -hmm. like to to go out and make ads saying i don't need your money but the dnc needs for me to have you give me a dollar and he raised enough he spent a ton on advertising and he got enough people to give him a dollar uh, Bloomberg rolls in and uh, the DNC says, oh, that individual donor thing, whatever. So they didn't even make him beg for dollars. They wow. uh, they they literally just uh, uh, hand waved him in and he finally hit the polling threshold before tonight's midnight deadline. But he will be on stage in Las Vegas uh, doing his first debate and on the PX3 episode on Wednesday. You will hear. uh some of uh, his debate habits, what he does well at, what he what he doesn't do good at, uh, at least in his past debates as uh, for, for New York City mayor. All right. So now that we've come to this point, I'm going to tell you what I my final advice was to Nick and his friends. Okay. And uh, this may be too simplistic and this may be too Pollyannish of me. I don't care. This is what I told him. I said, Nick, you want to vote for people that you can imagine in a car on a country road driving down that road. And seeing off to the side an injured dog, which candidate do you think would pull over and check and see if they can help that dog? And if you can't picture them doing that, I don't. I wouldn't vote for them. That was my advice. Is that weird? Is it going to get me in trouble? Because I always. So, for example, Trump would never stop for an injured dog. Never in his life. Not once. I don't think Bloomberg Bloomberg would, and I don't think Bernie would. I think Mayor Pete would stop. I think Klobuchar would stop. I think Elizabeth Warren would probably stop. I uh, can't speak for Steyer or anybody else. Um, Chang, I think, or uh, Yang, I think would. Uh, I mean, Warren's made a big deal about dogs. I would guess it's a very bizarre metric. I think to depart <laughs> on your it child, is, but it uh, is. But my point is, it do it's it shows it's the kind of character of a person you want to have in the office 
and then that can permeate throughout the office. So even if you don't agree with all their policies, or if you don't agree with all, I them, mean, but isn't that also? I mean, I, I guess it's like everybody makes their own decision based on what they are looking at. But I, I don't know if any of them would stop for a dog, to be honest. With you. I, I I mean, I don't. I, if if you can, whether they would or wouldn't is uh, obviously subjective. But whether you can picture them doing it is where I'm getting at. And so that speaks to how are they presenting themselves. And sometimes I'm being maybe sold as a bill of goods that aren't accurate, but but you know, I, I I can I'm willing to bet. I'll bet you George Bush Jr. would stop for an ailing dog. I bet Obama would. Oh, w. Mm-hmm. I think Clinton probably would not. He'd probably say, "Can I cut, can I put my penis in its corpse?" Then no way, don't stop oh the car. Oh my good God, Jesus wow. Christ! <laughs> Or, hold on, I'm, I got other presidents here. This one took a turn. <laughs> Sorry, I was, just, I was just listening to a thing about Clinton today. I don't and I'm stop so annoyed dogs, with him. Only pussy. It was- wow. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be the vulgar one. <laughs> so it's all about political. I hand, figured we, hand, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, political hand jobs and and uh, corpse uh, penetration are the two. Are my two dog corpse penetration. <laughs> Forgot that modifier. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, tell us, so where are you going to be? Are you doing any meetups? you doing anything fun? Like, what are you doing over there while you're there? Anything cool? I don't know if I'm doing anything in Vegas, mostly because I'm in Vegas so much. I don't know if it was it's novel for anybody who lives there to see me. Uh, but I will likely do something in South Carolina, and I'll announce that as we get closer. But uh, uh, otherwise, look... Um, I don't know if there is literally anybody else that is currently on the campaign trail solely via Patreon. Mm. I know there's a lot of political podcasts that are making a lot of money on Patreon. I don't know if any of them are dumb enough to immediately spend it on self-financing travel (laughs) throughout this great country of ours. Uh, If you think that is worthwhile, if you think that having a direct access to the person who's literally on the ground amongst these crowds and and seeing how things are going if you think that that is valuable to you then i would encourage you to head on over to take and 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 chip in on uh on on the patreon because uh you know i just paid the credit card bill for the first two uh trips Woo. yeah Woo. yeah don't know how much i'm uh don't know how much i'm taking in but yeah uh uh i i love doing it i i think that it is valuable and if if I am the only one that's doing it, then um, you know I'm 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 glad that people have the option. Uh, if you think that that's interesting, and also all patrons, no matter what, uh, three dollars you uh, you get the bonus episodes. But uh, uh, all patrons, no matter at what level, I am I'm doing these road diaries. So I put up my road diaries for uh, Iowa and New Hampshire last night. Uh, I'm I'm happy with them. They're written in a style that is evocative of uh, the books, The Making of the President by Theodore White, which I read, I researched for the 1960 podcast, Raise the Dead. Uh, It's much more of like an epic war poem than it is a a tell-all. I think it's it's kind of written so it can be understood and parsed in like 50 years, uh, which I really, really enjoyed about uh, uh, Making of the President. But if you like that style, then I think you're really gonna like these road diaries, and and they are uh, they're gonna come out as I hit each of these towns. 
Well, here's here's audio proof that you are truly the last one willing to spend all of your earnings on doing it for the people is a line that proves it. I am the last one. All right. Well done. Keep that up. <laughs> it's Justin R. Young on Twitter, everybody. And uh, make sure you check out all his stuff. It's great. Uh, Justin, have a fantastic day. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye now. See ya. All right. Nice. Um. Yeah, I don't know why people are surprised I didn't like Bill Clinton. I can't stand Bill Clinton. He's horrible. Mm-hmm. People in the chat are like, I know Scott hated Bill Clinton. I think the word su- so much surprised that you don't like Bill Clinton is surprised how you voice that you don't <laughs> like Bill Clinton. The, the surprised by the, uh, by the turn it took. Well, yes, it did take a bit of a turn. <laughs> just, a, just a wee bit of a turn. I feel yeah. bad for the dog is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, sure. All right. That's going to do it for today's program. Uh, when this all ends, I'm going to the gym. And I'm very excited because last time I was there, there was a naked guy with a really long scrotum. And I'm excited to see if that guy's there again so that if he's there, I can... Watch your feet. Watch, your feet. watch your feet. But also I can enjoy uh, talking about it with Brian later because yes. often those you know we get show stuff out of that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Brian, before we go, though, we should probably play a song. Oh, and before we do that, I should say, hey, yeah, folks. People should contact us in ways. Yeah, if you know, look, you like the show already, you're into it, and you're you're listening to it, and you even like how uh, some of the weird dark places I went today, you're thinking to yourself, man, I'd sure like to help promote that. Hey, why not patreon.com slash TMS, patreon.com slash TMS. Uh, do that because on Fridays we do this bonus show that you can't get any other way. It's called TMSPM, and that's how you get it. It's behind that wall. So come get that. Uh, but many other benefits as well. It's all there for you at patreon.com slash TMS. And you can find us uh, ways to contact us, everything else at frogpants.com slash TMS. Oh, Captain Kipper, that might be the worst GIF I've ever seen. Oh, let's take a look here. Uh, I'm not putting it up on screen. I'm just going to look at it. Okay. Oh, geez. <laughs> Is that legit? That's real, right? That goat was real. Deep fake that. That's a uh, that's a a yak or something walking with a very, like basically the same type of uh, uh, scrotum that Scott just described, and it's that's really foul. It's smacking his hips like that little drum thing that Danielson used to simulate uh, karate moves in Okinawa and Karate Kid too. Yep, there it is. I think they make noise when they move like that. Hey, uh, Sean wrote in. Oh, real quick before that, Kurt the cast in the chat says, "Warning: There are two Patreons. Wish I knew, even though they are both worth more than my my dollar. No, they're not. There's one. It's TMS. There's for this show. There's one Patreon. TMS. There can be only one. There's only one. And then for Core, there's another one. There's a Patreon for Core. There's a Patreon for my personal one, which is like all art and kind of you know extra stuff." Uh, this there's a TMS Patreon. You are supporting TMS when you support that one. There is no That's multiple Patreons for that this show. Gets you into the games, the Patreon play dates coming up February 29th. Yeah, gets you, uh, gets you access to all the fun stuff, the pre and post show, and all that. One Patreon to rule them all for TMS. If you want to support Core, you support Core. If you want to support the Frog Pants one, you're supporting art and comics and Fred and Can and all that. So so that's not confusing, Kurt. You should not be right. confused. All right. Right. Brian, right, sorry, right. continue on. Someone wrote uh, in. Sean wrote in, said, hey, SNB, longtime listener, first time requester. I'm turning 50 on the 18th. Happy birthday, Sean. And I thought it'd be cool to hear a song that is also turning 50. 
Pink Floyd squeezed out the album Adam Hart Mother in 1970, the same year I was. I guess squeezed out. And though it'd be nice to hear a 20-minute cover of Adam Hart Mother's Sweet or Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast, there are these other there are three other lovely and more digestible songs on the album. I'd be pleased as punch to hear any of them. Love the Skojo and the Bry Eye, signed Sean. Nice. Nice. Yes. Those early Pink Floyd albums, uh, very different from Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall and Final Cut and all those, but mm-hmm. uh, but really good. Um, uh, the three songs he describes are Fat Old Son, Summer 68, and the song If. Uh, I didn't have covers of any of those three in my library, but I rectified that situation, and I got a cover of If this morning from a tribute that was on Bandcamp that was really good that I never even knew existing, so or never knew existed, so I'm glad that uh, he... he Got me aware of it. Uh, the album is called Echoes of Secrets, a Pink Floyd tribute. It's a various artists uh, compilation on Bandcamp. And it includes this cover of If by Lila Madrigali. Lila Madrigali. Oh, that's nice uh, here's her cover of Pink Floyd's If. See you guys tomorrow. If I were swung, I'd be gone If I were trained, I'd be late If I were a good man, I'd talk with
Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I only call it that after I've had a whole handful of Cheetos.